Hi everyone, this is Nurse Anna coming to you from NurseStudy.net. And today we're going to be talking about peptic ulcer disease. You might see it in your book as PUD. The term peptic ulcer disease is actually given when the gastric acid in the digestive tract erodes the inner area of the small intestine, pylorus, stomach, or even the esophagus. These erosions can cause open sores and can become extremely painful and can even start to bleed. Usually, the mucus lining of the small intestine and stomach can protect against gastric acid. However, if this mucus lining is decreased and the amount of gastric acid is increased, a peptic ulcer can develop in the patient. Peptic ulcers can encompass duodenal ulcers, these ulcers occur in the first part of the small intestine. Remember DJI. So duodenal ulcers are the first part of the small intestine. Gastric ulcers. These ulcers occur inside the patient's stomach. Esophageal ulcers. These can occur in the patient's, you guessed it, esophagus. Let's look at some of the causes of peptic ulcer disease. Causes of peptic ulcer disease include, it's a bacteria called Helobacter pylori, and from now on we're going to call it H. pylori. This is actually the most common cause. It used to be thought that stress and eating spicy foods used to be the cause of peptic ulcer disease, but they've actually narrowed it down to H. pylori. So that's probably an important test question for you to remember. This bacteria, by the way, is ingested by contaminated food or water, and believe it or not, it is actually found in two-thirds of the world's population. Another cause is the use of NSAIDs. Now, you guys remember, NSAIDs are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Also, ibuprofen, or Motrin, and even, believe it or not, enteric-coated aspirin can still cause ulcers. There's another cause of peptic ulcer disease, and it's called Zollinger-Ellison syndrome. And this is basically a gastronoma. Now, this is a very rare tumor in the stomach, but it actually will increase gastric output. So let's look at some of the risk factors for peptic ulcer disease. Those at risk for developing peptic ulcer disease includes, well, age, older age. Now, some books that you look at, depending on your source, will say over age 45. Some will say over age 50. Some will say over age 60. So let's just kind of make it a middle age, okay? For this article, we're going to say over age 45. Gender. Believe it or not, it's more common in women than men. Lucky us. The use of corticosteroids and NSAIDs together. Long-term use of NSAIDs. Past history of ulcers is a big risk factor. Alcohol use in excess, smoking, and even radiation treatments can contribute to getting peptic ulcer disease. So let's talk about some of the signs and symptoms of peptic ulcer disease. The patient actually may not exhibit any symptoms of the illness, however, if and when they do exhibit symptoms, they can include pain. Now, this is the, actually the most common symptom. This could be a gnawing or burning, and it sometimes occurs between meals or at night. Pain is usually located in the mid to upper abdomen. We can see bloating. We could see heartburn. Of course, everyone's favorite, nausea, vomiting. We can see unexplained weight loss, changes in appetite, dark, tarry stools. This is actually a severe symptom. Also, vomiting blood. Consider that a severe symptom, too. Complications. If peptic ulcers are left untreated, the following may result. Peritonitis. 
Now, this is really bad, and the ulcer can actually create an opening in the wall of the stomach or small intestine, and this can actually allow the contents to go into the abdominal cavity, causing serious infection. Bleeding from the ulcers, this can result in severe blood loss. Scarring. Now this one's a little interesting. So the scar from the ulcer can make it more difficult for the stomach to empty and the patient can actually feel full, vomit, and lose weight. Diagnosis. Diagnosis can be utilized by the following methods. An upper endoscopy, blood test, breath test, or even stool for H. pylori. Barium swallow or upper GI series. Now this is a series of x-rays to visualize the esophagus all the way down to the small intestine to see if there's any ulcers present. Let's talk about some treatments and nursing considerations. So the following treatments may be used to treat PUD. Antibiotics. And this is to actually kill the H. pylori bacteria if it is in fact found in the digestive tract. Now again, depending on what book you're looking at, they may say they're going to use more than one antibiotic. Proton pump inhibitors. Now you guys know that this is to reduce the stomach acid. H2 blockers. Now this is going to be to reduce the amount of gastric acid that's actually released into the digestive tract. Of course, we'll probably be using some antacids to neutralize the gastric acid, anticholinergics to reduce gastric motility. Some books will even say prostaglandins, and that may be prescribed for the anti-secretory and the protective actions. Now, if all else fails, surgery may be done, and that's if the bleeding from the ulcer has not stopped or the ulcer has actually resulted in a tear. Nurses need to educate the patients on the following. They need to avoid alcohol. These patients need to avoid chocolate and caffeine. They need to avoid aspirin. They need to avoid NSAIDs. And they need to avoid smoking if possible. So that was pretty much it. I hope this information on peptic ulcer disease was helpful. Don't forget to visit our Facebook page at NurseStudyNet or online at NurseStudyNet.net for more nursing topics. We actually have some photos of peptic ulcer disease there, so it's kind of nice you can visualize what this might look like. This is Nurse Anna, hoping that you have a really great day.